Are you are you on this planet tonight? Yeah. What's going on, bro? What? Yeah, <laughs> Dan is in a ver a VIP meeting. He said start with Adam. Oh, okay. He, I think oh he's spoiled God. now that he knows I can splice him in later. Yeah, I think he is spoiled. No, I, I just won't. Like I said, I, my phone wasn't working. I, I'm not getting anything. But we've been telling you this, like, <laughs> multiple times. When did you say that? Like, twice oh already. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Right, Get your head out of your ass. All right. All right. Two, one. Welcome back to Last Man's Opinion. I am your host, Tommy McGraw. With me tonight are Roland Barrielli and Rich Keiko. Dan Marrow will join us in a little bit because he's a little bitch licking ass. Okay. Tonight's topic train, we're going to jump right into it. Can, can, uh, we, can, we, can we start um, with uh, the Rangers shitting the bed? You know? Yes. Rangers. I won't say they shit the bed. They were up. They were up two to nothing in the game. They had all the momentum in the series. What was that game? Game three that game they lost. Three. three was the turning point, I think. Yeah, three was the turning point. Tampa Bay finally got back into their groove, and uh, I mean, if the Rangers pull out that game, maybe they win the series. Probably three three zero. I know. I know. I know. Rangers had back-to-back seven-game series. I think it finally caught up with them in the in the Tampa series because towards the end they started to look extremely sluggish, and uh, and uh, Lightning got their mojo back. So they let the Lightning back in, and the Lightning uh, took advantage and and uh, they struck. just put the pressure on, and and Lightning struck. Rangers. Rangers fans aren't as disappointed as most are because they're such a young team that it's encouraged. Smoked in the finals too. Yeah, I mean Colorado coming off of long rest, getting all their players back. Who, if the series started like right away, uh, Colorado's like top couple of top players were hurt, so um, they wouldn't be in like the first game at least but now they're going to play full strength so uh this is a repeat of last year last year's finals i think right tampa play played colorado last year and beat them mm-hmm. you guys don't know that's okay cool um and uh so we got to see yeah is Roland typing it up a storm i don't know um so We'll see if uh, if who pulls it out, Tampa or Colorado. Who it was the who you guys Canadians up? versus the Lightning last year? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Colorado must have lost in the uh, year semis? before was the Lightning and the Stars, and then the year before that was the Blues and the Bruins. No, I mean like when did Colorado lose last year? Because they, ma- I think they made a deep run last year too. Yes. Yes, I am correct. Good. Um, 
So it'll be uh should be a good series. Should be a good series. But uh Colorado looks really good. We'll see if the old guys from Tampa can uh pull out a win or Colorado just kills them. Excuse me, experienced players. Experienced. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um who you guys got? I can't even give an opinion. I haven't watched a minute of hockey this year. Not one not one minute. Not one minute. That's a shame. Roland? You gonna give me a guess? Yes. The Avalanche. How many? I'm how many for them? Five. Five. Five games. It's gonna be uh, a physical uh, Stanley Cup. Or physical. Mm, mm. Avalanche and maybe six or seven. Hmm. I don't know. I'll go seven. Whatever. Whatever. Moving on. Future looks bright for the Rangers. Uh, you think oh, it would be performance next year? Everyone stays healthy? If everyone stays healthy, I think they can make a run. Their goalie is phenomenal. Uh, their defense is, is good. Their offense is pretty good. Their counterattack needs to improve. They just need to grow up a little bit, I think, and mature. Um, so hopefully that happens. I mean, this year they got, they got that little taste. They got that little taste. So I think, uh, I think they're ready to strike year or two. They should make a deep run either, either way, deep run or get there. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, to baseball. Cause I know Dan doesn't like baseball. So we'll do get that out of the way before he gets on this pot. Uh, Subway Series still on track is what you wrote. The Yankees and Mets are still fucking everybody and uh, and not even caring about it. Um, Yankees are up 2-0 in the seventh against the Rays. Yankees got a tough stretch right now. It's like Rays, Jays, Rays, Jays, back-to-back-to-back-to-back series or something like that. So this is the big test for them. Ray J's uh, earbuds? Yeah, Ray J's earbuds. <laughs> and then uh, Ray J's sex tape. Um, and the Mets are playing the Brewers. It's 4 nothing yeah. at and the end of the seventh. And uh, both teams are still putting up great numbers. Both teams are putting up good offense. Uh, a lot of runs, a lot of home runs, a lot of uh, just... Fucking. Three double plays today for the Mets. There you go. So D's 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 looking good too. Love to see it. Pitching is doing yeah. good too, and uh, it should be a battle royale. Hopefully, by the time this uh, Subway Series comes into play, Roland, any news that you want to give us about the Mets before we go to the Phillies? No, they just got off a rough stretch on the West Coast. Yep. Um, where I guess the Padres was the worst series. They split a series with the Dodgers 2-2. Then they lost. Still good. Um, That's still good. That's still good. Oh, yeah. And you love to see it with the injured, you know, rotation. Yep. So splitting it with the Dodgers, good sign. Losing two to the Padres wasn't great, but it it's rough, I think. And then the Angels, I think they took two out of three. Nice. So it was a good overall series. Now they're playing the Brewers, which is another formidable team here. So it's it's a rough stretch, but they're holding they're holding their own. 
and I was yeah. watching the game a little bit before the podcast, and um, there was some nice small ball where player Marte tagged up on a ball, moved over to second, and Alonso hit kind of a bloop single that allowed him to score. Then, so they're still still looks like they're playing smart, playing hard, fun to watch. That's good. Brewers are in a massive slump, though. They are playing take it. very, very bad baseball. They've lost eight of the last ten. Well, the Cardinals overtook them, I think, two or three games ago for the, the lead in the Central. Central? Yeah, I'm looking at the Central right now. Brewers have lost eight of their last ten. Pittsburgh have lost eight of their last ten and lost eight in a row overall. Cubs have lost eight of their last ten and seven in a row overall. Cubs just, Cubs just got smacked by the Yankees. That division is falling apart. Yeah. Cubbies are winning tonight, though. So the Cardinals. Yep. All right. uh, Let's go down the turnpike. Richie. Can I give you a fun question? Yep. Yep. What do you think the over-under on All-Stars in New York is going to be for the All-Star game? That's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. We can think about that, though. Like, if you want, yeah. and then Rich can do his update, and then we can come back to it if you want. I yeah. think that's just a fun question. That is a fun question. Ooh, that is... Mm. Now, now baseball doesn't do the thing anymore where one player from each team has to make it, right? That That's long I think done? They... Yeah, I think, I think they do. I think that's they still do. a thing? Yeah. I think they do. Yep. So that means, yeah, the Mets will have to get one then. One of my favorite things that I used to do as a kid was go to baseball games and fill out the all-star ballots mm-hmm. by hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love doing that. Miss that. Now it's all online. You know, it's like back, eight submissions for e-ballots. And yeah. Who knows? Back in my day. I was such a homer, though. I would just go through and pick all the Phillies. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, come on. That's You had to. You had to. Um, all right. So, Richie, the Joe Girardi... Uh, how do, what's a good uh, phrase for this? The Joe Girardi... Rain? Honey, uh, rain has come to an end. The honeymoon of Thompson is still going strong yeah i mean uh you know the phillies have won uh what is it nine out of ten <laughs> since the coaching change and they're up eight to four tonight so it's gonna be ten out of ten out of eleven nice i mean you know i don't think coaches make that big of a deal but you know that's I think a- we mentioned yep. it i do i do think the personality factor does make a big deal yeah but I don't know, like not not this not this extreme to go ten out of eleven. You know, they're you just, know they're just on a hot streak. I mean, they're gonna fall on their faces again soon. I'm sure. Making players enjoy the game though is key, and can turn around uh, a team. I mean, look, they beat the Marlins. They lost to the Diamondbacks. Then they beat the Di- Diamondbacks. Uh, they took two out of three out of the Diamondbacks, sorry. Uh, they beat the Brewers, uh, beat the Angels. 
I mean, these aren't great teams that they're beating, but they're beating teams that you should be beating. I mean, the Brewers are, are a decent team. Uh, I don't know too much about Diamondbacks, but... Do you have a rundown of, like, who he is? Like, what kind of coach he is? Anything, any background you can give us? From the Yankees. I, I, I gave a little background last week. Thanks for listening to me, Roland. Jeez. How about for our listeners, Richie? He, 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 he came from the Yankees. Uh, he spent a lot of time there. Um, you know, he, he was Joe G's partner in crime. Um, I think I mentioned Tex thought he should have been a coach at some point over there in New York. Um, he was the guy I, I mentioned that uh, hung out with the players, got some beers with the players. He was also Girardi's bitch. He was the guy that um, <coughs> he designed whatever practices they were going to do. He made the lineup card. He um, the bench coach. Much, bench he, did all, he did all the heavy lifting on the team. I don't know what Girardi did, but there was, there was a report that came out that he said he, he did all that, that grunt work, essentially. So you yeah. did all the analysis and everything, and Girardi made the decisions. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and it sounds like he's the balance. Um, you know, if Joe Girardi's the hard-nosed, hardline guy, you know, there's always the mom-dad aspect where the mom's going to be an asshole, and that's Joe Girardi, and then the dad's going to be like, "Hey, God, just just do it for your mom, all right? Just do what your mom says, and then we'll go do something else, all right?" So the, the question I have though with him is why has, has he never been a coach before? You know he he's almost sixty years old, never been a, never been the coach. Yeah, I um, think. I mean, I mean, maybe it's something he doesn't didn't want. I mean, not everyone wants to do that. Yeah, I think it was more um, the uh, just the way he came up. He got kind of stuck with. Um, being the second fiddle. Yeah, he was with the Yankees for 17 years, from 1990 to 2017. Yeah. Uh, that's not 17 years. That's, that's 27 years. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so he's got some jewelry. Jesus, that's a long time to be with one organization. Yeah, well, he's a good coach. That's why, that's he's why they're like. it all, then. Early 90s Yanks. Ooh. Hey. Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson. Um, yeah, but good good for him for finally getting the shot and uh, the players carrying him, you know, to uh, a nice record here. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So let's move on. All right. Before we leave baseball, what's the update on, the, on our favorite – non-favorite team the angels uh the angels hang on one second they snapped their streak against the mets yeah i mean that was okay i mean coming out to nickelback was i don't know (laughs) if i'd go that low you know (laughs) did we ever get like the reasoning behind that coming out to nickelback yeah yeah uh, I thought they just thought it would be funny and like break the, you know. yeah. yeah, break the slump. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got to try something at that point. 
I guess, yeah, I guess. I there were more things that came out about that fantasy football league, which is an ongoing saga this year. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Mike Trout is starting to, you know, poke some fun at it Yeah, a little bit. But I wonder how much behind the uh, scenes drama there is and if it's affecting him at all. Uh, yeah, so Angels beat the Red Sox on June 9th. And the Mets on the 11th. Oh, I thought we snapped the streak. I guess not. No, they beat the Red Sox, yeah. Yeah, Red Sox snapped the streak. Uh, you know, they're still in the wild card race. So, like, their season isn't over yet. You know, they're not like Oakland or anything like that. I guess. I mean, it's it's early to start. Uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, they're... Three and a, they're only three and a half games back of the wild card, but there's a lot of teams in between. Yeah, yeah. White but I Sox. Syndergaard's also been pitching like shit, and Rendon yeah. just came back. I think, right? Yeah. So, Rendon back. Rendon back. Yeah, he started the other day against okay. the Mets. Yeah, the and Syndergaard. Game. Syndergaard sucks, man. What a, what a tank this year. Good thing you got rid of him. Yeah. Or that he left. Too bad the same thing couldn't happen with Wheeler. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's it for baseball. Let's move on. We got uh, Dan's favorite topic, basketball. All right, Dan. Um, So, to the surprise of... (laughs) Richie and Dan, the quote-unquote NBA experts of this uh, podcast, the Warriors are up three games to two. Not to the surprise of Roland and myself, Tommy. Uh, Richie, do you think uh, comeback is on the horizon? Do you think uh, Celtics take this next game? It is, I'm, in, I'm... Bo- it is in Boston, so... Yeah, I'm still I'm still picking the Celtics to win the series. Unfortunately, you where's know, Game I, Seven? Uh, game Seven is Golden State, I think, isn't it? Being Golden State, right? I don't know. If Game Six is in Boston, it got to have Seven in Golden State. Golden State's got to ride this momentum and finish in Six, because yeah, they have to. They fucking have to. They got to put it away. Um, <laughs> so last game. So two games ago, uh, Golden State tied it up two games apiece. Uh, Steph Curry played absolutely out of his mind. I'll let you get into that in a little bit, Richie. La- uh, last game, Steph Curry snapped his streak of something like 33 consecutive games with at least one three-pointer um, or something like that. It was some crazy stat. Where it, was it was like 30- 200 and something games, I think. Wasn't oh, was it? it? No, I yeah, thought it was... was. I think it was really obscene. Some obscene number. 233 game runs of made three pointers. Yeah. 133 yeah. playoff games. <laughs> yeah, so he what? blew. He shit the bed. Um. And somehow, Andrew Wiggins 
had a good game and uh, carried the team from what I'm uh, understanding. Richie. Yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins was good. I mean, you know, he wasn't, he only, he only scored 26 points. So like by today's standards, that's not an that's amazing not. game or anything. You know, but he was def- <laughs> definitely their best player. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, Dan's been shitting on Clay. Clay was pretty solid as well. Yeah. Draymond Green looked pretty good, too. Yeah, he had some nice plays, for sure. He fouled out again, but... There was a really funny uh, fake-out play where he went and just, like, had a wide-open dunk. He just, like, made a head fake. The guy flew by him, and he just went up for a, like, uncontested dunk. Now, um... Now, one last thing on Wiggins. He yeah. he scored 26 points, but it took him 23 shots to get 26 points. So, in my opinion, that's not great. I mean, he was 0 for 6 from 3, um, which is not ideal, obviously. But, right. you know, high scorer for the team. I mean, you know, and he had 13 rebounds. No turnovers. That's key right there. Key. Key. Um, I also heard a funny story about Gary Payton Jr. Um, this morning. Did you know Gary Payton Jr. almost, well, he, he was slated not to make the Golden State Warriors team and, told, and then applied for a, video, a videographer editing job with the Golden State Warriors just so he could stay around the team. And then, like, last minute, Golden State said, yeah, we worked it out. We figured it out. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep you. And I didn't hear that story. This, is, this isn't the first time he's done it. With one of the previous teams that he did, um, he was getting cut, and he said, oh, can I uh, show up to practices? And they were just like, well, we can't, can't pl- pay you. And he's just like, it's okay. I just want to stay in shape and be around the team so that, you know, if something pops up or a 10 day or whatever, you know, I'm ready. He's like, shit, what else am I going to do? Right. You know? So, I mean, he's basically just saying, like, uh, whatever. The I got intern, whatever. Yeah. 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 He's like, you need me to be a fucking busboy. I'll go, you know, bust your table. Um, which I, like I thought, that. I thought that was, you know, Partially funny, and also, uh, you know, give me give him a little respect for uh, Gary Payton Jr. Yeah, respect, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um. So, yeah. So, talk a little bit about Def's takeover in Game Four. So that was when he went off and basically carried the team. Correct. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Is it game four or game three? Uh, I think it was game four. I think you're right. Steffer ups in uh, second half. Drops 43 uh, points. He basically couldn't miss. He made seven threes, uh, which was 50% of his attempts. That's, That's a lot of threes to make in a game. Yeah. Uh, he got to the line nine times. He got he also got ten rebounds. 
so that's he had an impressive fucking game. He did have five turnovers though, which is not ideal, but ten rebounds. Yeah, you'll you'll live with that. You know, he's gonna score forty plus points on fifty percent shooting. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. And but then it's so weird to follow it up with such an ice cold game. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know. All, all three-point shooters are streaky, but he's usually not as streaky as Yeah, else. I, I mean, he went from 43 points to 16, you know. Did have eight assists. I mean, he, he did what he could. Did what he could. Okay. Um, Clay, I want to see. You know, hang on one second. So, Denso, I guess Denso one question I... Is this the start of the collapse for the Celtics in the series, or can they pick it back up? Because I didn't watch the last game, but I saw everyone commenting on how tired the Celtics looked. Could be possible. Yeah, like, yeah, they went on a run in the third quarter. They, they went on, like, an 11-0 run, maybe. So, it may have not have been 11, but it was something similar to that. And, it, and they took the lead, and it looked like, you know, it looked, looked like momentum had shifted in the game. Then all of a sudden, you know, it just I don't I don't know if they just got tired. Like all their shots were short. They had some lazy turnovers. Uh, refs didn't help the cause. You know, I don't want to blame the refs, but I do feel like the Celtics got the shit under the stick there. Um, just every aspect of the game kind of went against them uh, at the end of the third into the fourth. So, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, you know, just if, if they can come out strong the next game, I mean, you just got to get momentum and you can easily win two in a row. Yeah. But, I mean, I think blood is in the water now. And those, uh, those Golden State Warriors, they smell that blood. They're ready for it. They're not going to get uh, intimidated by uh, going down early or whatever now. Well, this this definitely felt like a different game than any other game in the series. This felt kind of like a deflating loss, where no other losses in the series kind of felt like this, in my opinion. Right. They bounced back, though, when they played the Bucks after that 30-point or 40-point loss, something like that. Right, and wasn't that in a game in same game, game uh, five or yeah, whatever, too? Yeah, four or five, something like that. And you kind of thought you kind of thought you know the Bucks might win the series, and then didn't Celtics win the last two of the games of the series or no? Aren't the Bucks Could up be. three to two? Without yeah. middle, right? Yeah, yeah, because they could have closed it out in Game Six. So I think the Celtics did win the last two. Right. So it's it's definitely not over for sure. They're gonna need some pep in their step this game. Yeah. yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. And then game seven is in Golden State. I looked it up. Okay. Nervous, though. Still, I'm nervous. Sunday. Do you guys care who wins? Do you guys have any rooting interest? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we both said we like Golden State to win this uh, series. I think we both said and, fuck the Celtics. Yeah. And if we can, uh, you know, pick the winner over Dan... And then rub it in his face for a year. Yeah. Then that's uh, icing on the cake. 
Because that's really what it's all about. Yeah, fuck them. It's not, it's not about the money that you put into DraftKings or, or FanDuel or one of those sites. It's not the money you give to the bookie. It's not losing or winning or whatever. It's about talking shit to Dan, who thinks he knows everything about the NBA. Can't argue that, Tommy. Here, here. Yeah. Damn right. Um, all right, let's uh, take a little break from sports. Let's go over your beers, your drinks, and then uh, we will talk. Um, I'm up to, I'm halfway through the boys episode two, and we still haven't okay. circled back to Obi-Wan. Well, so since, I, since we've all seen episode one of the boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We the can the talk scene about. like 10 minutes into the show, maybe, maybe like eight minutes in. <laughs> the little with the guy that can change sizes. Yeah. So ridiculous. Just running down the hallways. <laughs> with with no real back background. They just kind of went into it and you were like, uh, oh, okay, there's a there's there's a little a little guy just uh doing crazy things. And then there's a giant uh I mean, he shrinks down, so you don't really know how big the penis is, but I mean there's yeah. just there's just a giant dicko. Because when that scene first started and the guy says, you know, the famous line like, hey, I want you inside me, I'm thinking, wow, this guy's shrinking down and going up his ass. And then right, right, like, right. Yeah. I'm like, nope, that's a dick on the table and he's yeah. going in for the penis. Like, that doesn't, how could that even feel good? I don't even, like, he's in anyone's you know, running down the hallways, touching the walls. <laughs> In anyone's head, I don't know. Like, He's like frolicking. Like, yeah. what are these writers on that they're just like thinking up their shit? Um, and then, I mean, you knew it was going to happen once once he got in there, right? Yeah, that he, that he was just going to fucking expand and explode the guy too. But um, definitely, definitely, most of the. One of the most ridiculous scenes I've seen in my television life, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get, like, these Quentin Tarantino vibes of, like, the gore, like the unnecessary right. gore that gets brought right. in all the time. Yeah. Like, that's what but, it reminds me of, because they bring in just so, like, punching literally yeah. through people and stuff. Yep. Yeah, like, but, but when you think about it, it fits, it fits so well. I mean, soups that get... That can't control it. The series it. started with it. One of the first scenes was when he ran through his girlfriend, right? That was yeah. the first episode. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she sprayed first. everywhere. Yep. Which, again, fits so well. Like, when you think about, like, comic books and, and the shit, like, yeah. you, got, you got the Flash in DC, like, and Quicksilver in Marvel. I, yeah. They're running through crowds at, the, you know, the speed of sound or whatever. And... They're not like when they bump into people, they just don't explode. Like now that you're thinking about it, yeah, they would fucking explode like that. <laughs> yeah, you never. I never really thought of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, but yeah, you got a point. Like in the uh, Snyder DC movies, like the Flash or in the Marvel, uh, in the Marvel Quicksilver uh, scenes in X Men, where he's like running around super fast and then he's like barely touching something and it you know 
like he has to slow down his finger, but he's really going at the speed of light, you know, to do that. Right. Like, how could you run through a crowd of, you know, New York City and not bump into people? Like, you're dodging people left and right. Like, even in DC, in DC like, the Flash, he tripped over a stair and went flying into Superman's tombstone and, like, busted up the, the stone. Like, how many times do you think those guys fucking tripped? And, I mean, it's comics, I get it. And just ran through, like, fucking 50 people. None of them explode? Come on. Come on. Come on. Good job, the boys. Good yeah. fucking I'm, I'm job. I'm enjoying the series. Uh, Got to catch up. I just finished three last night, so on to number four. So good. How'd so you good. like the uh, the surprise in three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his scenes are always just fun. They're just yeah. fun. I do have uh, like in episode two. He's uh, Homelander is asking the butcher like where his son is like but then a couple of scenes before that you know with uh what's her name um the girl with the lights what's her name star uh starlight 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 yeah uh she said you know they like close that big fucking lead door and then she's just like you know he can still hear us how does he not know where the, where the fuck his kid is like how does he not know yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he should probably know. I mean, maybe he's just uh, I don't know, off his game. Yeah. You know, with, the, with everything going on, but yeah, I mean. But I love. Go with, I love you got to go with that one, I think. Yeah, I love the the drama. I love that character development that 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 Homelander has. Like that actor's doing a great job. <laughs> he is. He, he's killing it. And um, yeah, and the storyline is is really good. I really like it. Does uh does Laura and Jess watch these shows too, or no? Nah, Jess would nah. never watch it. <laughs> I think when it first started, I asked her if she wanted to watch it, and she was just like, "No." <laughs> I don't know if she would like it or not. I don't. I mean, nowadays, I mean, all she does is once we turn something on, she falls asleep. So can't get her with that. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Roland, how many episodes are there so far? Four? I think four, and then I don't know, I don't know what day they come out, actually. Friday, I believe. I think yeah. Obi, Obi's on Wednesday. Yeah. Obi's on Friday. Yeah, I've yep. watched both of those two current okay i'm current Je on obi i'm Are jealous you? i'm jealous have you watched any obi uh just the first two episodes that's pretty good then i have to watch, have to watch the second one again with laura and then uh watch the third one yeah, um third's my favorite but yeah every, every episode every episode's been good for me oh yeah yeah i uh I really enjoy Obi-Wan and I am so happy that they uh that they didn't blow this one. Yeah. That would have been disappointing. 
It would have been, because then it would have been two out of three shows would have been bad, but na- now it's looking like two out of three are going to be, like, excellent, like, A-plus fucking shows, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, okay. So, it gives me hope for the Star Wars universe. With... Do they have any plans for more movies anytime soon? I mean, the last news that they put out was they're going away from the the Skywalker storyline. Thank God. It only took them 30 fucking years. Yeah. But, I mean, even this Obi-Wan show, I mean, you can't have it without, you know, that aspect of it. So I think this is going to close the book on that. And then uh, um, they're going to focus on you know, Mandalorian Boba and um, and that storyline going forward. And I think they're supposed to introduce something else. I can't remember what it was. I, I, would, I would love to see them have a show on, on one of the other sides, like not a Jedi or, you know, not, not a good guy, like one of the bad I guys. I like they were going to yeah. do one, and I forget her name, but the lady with the white... Kind of spiky hair things, tentacles. Rosaria Dawson's uh, character. Could the be. other Jedi in um, Mandalorian? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think she's okay. a Jedi, though. Uh, didn't she? I, I think, Baby Yoda? I think we're talking about the same person. She's in she, a couple Boba episodes, right? Yeah. She took uh, Baby Yoda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is a uh, she is a Jedi, I believe. Um, that's in hiding. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would like to see a show on one of the bad guys. But you know how Marvel yeah, kind of did Loki, who, who's a fringe, you can go both sides essentially. I'd like to see one of those other characters that are obviously good. Right. Like who who is who is the bad guy we just saw in, in Boba? The cowboy guy. Yeah, like I. I know um, you love that. You love that character. Yeah, I, like I, I would love to see a show on him. Like you know, see what he's all about. You know, I know he's in the cartoon, but he's watching the cartoon. I know, and I think there. I thought I saw something about another cartoon show for star wars coming out um i don't see anything on the no more cartoons on the google Make it for adults yeah spend that money please please, please. roland what are you drinking tonight you I got a special drinking... glass oh no i'm double fisting i was drinking whiskey also oh. okay it's 100 degrees here i'm uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, you got a heat wave in the middle of the country. I went for a bike ride this morning. It was felt like 79 with 95% humidity. I was just, uh, every time I stopped, I was just pouring sweat. All It was like a faucet. Right. I've never sweat like that before. Yeah. It's nuts. So, yeah, I'm uh, just trying to wind down at the end of this day. But I am yeah. drinking the local Chicago brewery, Mars Brewery's Triple Jungle Boogie, which is a triple IPA, 10% ABV, 
And it's actually the first triple IPA I think I've ever liked. Triple IPA, tell me tell me what makes it a triple IPA. I think they hop it three different times, so they add the hops. And what a lot of them do, I don't think this is done that way because it doesn't say it, but what they usually do is kind of the double IPA where they, they brew the hops, brew the hops again, and then at the end, right, right before they bottle it or can it, they'll dry hop it, so they'll just throw hops in there for the, the triple. Uh, this one, I think, yeah. is brewed three times. And it uh, it has a lot of flavor, a lot of different kind of citrus flavors. Doesn't taste too hoppy. It's very well balanced. And 10% ABV. It doesn't really taste too boozy. A little bit, but not... You'd guess maybe like a six and a half, seven percent, something like that. Gotcha. Get it again? Oh, yeah. Richie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking something called the Harbingers of Spring by Springhouse Brewing in Lancaster. It's yeah. Called a, it's called an Irish cake, whatever the fuck that means. Okay. Um, it's 6.5%. It's a porter. It feels like a light porter. Pretty easy to drink, but as far as flavors, like, I don't have great taste buds, but, like, there's nothing really that stands out to me. But it's fine. You know, I'd get, I'd get it again because it's easy easy to drink if drink for a porter. 6.5% nice. of solid. So, buy it. Cool, 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 cool. All right, well, that's, those are your beer reviews for this week. Uh, all right, for, uh, that's our show for this week. For Rich Keiko, Roland Varielli, Dan Mara, and myself, Tom McGraw, thank you for listening to Last Man's Opinion, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Boom. Dan. Your your wish of what the damn <laughs> wow Looks he like does that. not want to hear about the Knicks. So I don't know what time he was going with that. Dan, what you got for us? I don't know. I I, I don't want to. Would you guys? Uh, did you talk about the NBA at all? I don't really give a shit about anything else. <laughs> I mean, we give uh, a shit about uh. Uh, the Rangers, they suck. They blew it. Yeah, we 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 talked about how they blew it. We talked the baseball, which you don't care yeah, about. We I don't did. care about baseball. Wake me up talked, in October for baseball. Talked about the NBA Finals. We talked about uh, the boys and Obi Wan. He didn't talk about the Knicks at all. No. NBA draft well, next week. When next right? week? How are we, are we going to talk about the Knicks without the number one Knicks reporter here? Yeah, I, Tommy I don't could, know it's on Nick Twitter. I thought Tommy could talk about it. Tommy's on top like of he Nick hates Twitter? The Knicks, bro. I don't know. I feel like he hates him with a passion. He does. He does. Why? Why? 
he feels like a Sixers <laughs> fan or something, or a Celtics fan, like just hating on the Knicks all the time. I know, he hates the Knicks all the time. Who cares? All right, put the um, NBA draft as like 20 minutes of the show next week. It's on Thursday. <laughs> so yeah, we can yeah, say it's it on Thursday. Week. Yeah. It's on Thursday. So wait, would you talk about the finals? So calm your tits, Dan. Yeah, we both know it's not going to happen. It'll happen. We, yeah. Well, would you but talk about the finals? How I mean, bad the Celtics were? The whole off-season uh, Knicks exit interview for like week, months he now. Did. He, he did. He's been avoiding it. This is your chance, Dan. Give the exit interview and I'll just weave it in there somewhere. With the Knicks? <laughs> No, I, so with it, this is what I this is what I would do if I'm the Knicks. I would, I'm 100% on board the Jaden Ivey train. I would do almost anything at this point to get him. So he's predicted so, just just for non NBA or college basketball fans, he's probably predicted. He's a point guard from Purdue, predicted to go probably the fourth pick. Okay, so and, realistically, what would they have to give up? It might take Ooh, a lot. A lot. A lot. Um, I would say the first round pick this year, at least one other first round pick. Um, I think it maybe would take you three can get assets. rid of Randall. Maybe it, if you include Randall, I would say this year's first round pick and probably two additional first round picks. So two first round picks and Randall. You know, maybe Grimes, maybe another young player. To move up to four, I'd do it. I'd do it. Yeah, That's I my. How old is he? Twenty. So even better, you know. Yeah, he's, if he was he's like twenty three, twenty four. That would be different, but yeah, no, he, he's on the twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, he, he he's and he's a point guard. Next need a point guard. I know you don't want to necessarily just play for a position, but and he's young, so he fits into their. Uh, he fits into their. Um, yeah, he's twenty. He fits into their like. Age, uh, the youth movement, um, and he's. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this, but he is being compared to because of his explosiveness, like a John Morant type of player. I don't think he's going to be as good a job, but Knicks need a point guard. So that's my, that's my so, big push. Knicks need to. Is there any other moves on uh, Knicks fans' minds, or is it just all about? No. Draft night at this point. I think it's draft night at this point. I don't think that I don't think anything else is realistic. I think this is realistic because you'd be moving up with the Kings, and the Kings are notoriously known for making very bad front office moves. Yeah, and so and they and it's widely known that they want to move out of the fourth pick for a player that they uh, a good young veteran who they could win games with now. So all right, so the Kings have number four. Yeah. Knicks are at what? 11. So if, you, if you're the Kings, you move from 4 to 11, and what do you want? Do you, do you take Randall from the Knicks, or do you not want it dep- it depends. It depends what they view Randall as. Like, so they have Sabonis now. So, like, do right. they? It'll so, fit, in my opinion. I don't think they do either, but again, we're talking about the Kings. I don't think they're a great fit, but I believe last year, so after, after the Kings got Sabonis, the bonus played about 75-80% of his play out of his time with Sacramento as center. So if you're gonna move Sabonis to center, if that's what it's gonna position's gonna be. Randall at the four. Okay, fine. You know, I, I don't like it. But okay, let's say say they I take Randall. 
So they take. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not crazy about that for the Kings, but they're idiots. So. All right. So yeah, we'll factor that in. They're idiots. They take Randall number eleven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they take Knicks next year's. Uh, let's say Dallas's pick next year, and then the Knicks the following year. And then. You know, they're they're playing playing hardball. You got to give them IQ too. What do you say? Uh, no, I don't think you give up IQ. You I would give up. Deal. You don't make I that would, deal because of IQ. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would give up. I would give up Grimes. You're already giving them two first round picks, and maybe you take on. Maybe instead you take on a bad contract from Sacramento. I'm sure Sacramento has plenty of bad contracts. Take on a bad contract that you either extend or whatever. So now. So now they have a little bit more cap space to try to get another player. You have two more first-round picks in future years that could be decent assets to trade. Yeah, I, 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 I'd think, be, you would, I think you would have to throw in Grimes because yeah, you're, you're not getting so away with just giving away Randall, whose value is low, and three first-round picks. you got to give another young player that's not... Yeah, you know, I nobody, agree. Nobody sold on him yet. It's got to be a fringe young player. I agree. I agree. I, I I'd be okay with that because they so, have so to. Oh, would, oh, oh, what about Cam Reddish? Would would they take Cam Reddish? I don't know if they would because he's on the last year of his deal. I would say they would push yeah, for last year, either IQ or IQ or Obi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Um, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fair trade here. I, I know. I I, I, that's I, a I think for the Knicks, so it is a lot for the Knicks. If they could keep their young core, when I say their young core, I mean like RJ, OB, IQ. That's really the three key pieces. But, you know, and the other thing is the next one, what, 35 games last year or so. But, uh, and then they have to free up some space. So they have to get rid of other people. They have to give up Burke for somebody. I mean, if they don't make a trade on draft night to move up to get somebody, I think they're going to roll into next year with more or less the same team. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see. I don't see what else, what other moves there is to make. Maybe they can get rid of Burks. Do they have another first round pick? No, they just have one this year. But a second round pick. Yeah, I think they have two second round picks. And so then they have and they have would, two would first you, round picks next year. Would you trade Randall and a, and second round picks to get another pick in the first round? Yeah, I would do that. But but here's the problem with the Knicks though. Is they have too many. They have to start trading away players. They have too many players on their roster. So you, so so, you, kick, you kick one of those second round picks into the TTF. Into the I don't know what TTF means. Trim the fat. They have too many like <laughs> average players. Yeah, no, they did. Rollins right. They have a point guard. They have uh, you know Rose quickly and, and McBride, who was a rookie last year. Uh, at wing or two, three, four, they have like. Fournier and RJ and Cam and Alec Burks and Grimes. Um, that's five guys right there for three positions. And then at the four, I mean, five guys there for two positions. So you have five guys at, at your wing position. And at the four, you have Randall and, and Obi and I guess Taj. But like, so like you have too many, you have five wing players. That's too many wing players that all probably, that are all more, I don't want to say all more or less the same. I would probably rank RJ. As a top one, but like, then you have Cam, you have Burks, you have um, Grimes, uh, you have Fournier. Like, like if RJ's your starter, who's your who, who starts at the three? And then how are you going to get all these guys minutes? You can't. 
That was a problem last year. So, like, if anything, they need to get rid of. And then you're going to add another first-round pick to that group. And two second-rounders. And two second-rounders. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's too many players. They have too many players. They need to get rid of, like, too oh, many bro, players who are, bro, like, bro, well, it's right. basically the same. Yeah. TTF. Yeah. TTF. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and then the, the other big is, is Mitch. I still don't know what they're going to do with Mitch. I can't figure that one out. I know. You're I'm, ready still to kick scarred, him. I'm still scarred by old Knicks, and I'm like, they're going to make a play for Aiden. You know, I'm st- uh, I, no, I, ho- I can't. I hope not. Uh, Aiden, Aiden, that Aiden contract is. I wouldn't do it if I were Phoenix. That Aiden contract is going to be so bad. It feels like an old Knicks move, and I'm just like, uh, I, I still always think there's a part of them that will potentially make a deal like that. Make Aiden the star on this team. God. Go completely old school. Uh, brutal. I mean, he's young, but I don't think he's worth the money. I don't think, honestly, I think Mitch is better than, not offensively, but I think Mitch is not any different than that much of a difference downgrade right. Than, right. from Aiden. And Aiden's going to get, what, $25 million? Aiden's going to get double what Mitch is getting. Yeah. He's going to get it. I agree. I agree. Ah, it's gonna, that's going to be that. But the, luckily, the Knicks don't have any cash space. So, so, if they want to sign anybody, it has, it has to be through a sign and trade. So, I guess that's a positive. Yeah. Knicks can't afford to sign anybody. So, we have that to look forward to. But, yeah. So, I, Dan, Dan, it's the NBA. Anything is possible. It's true. It's true. Anything is possible. But I that's, think, that's why it's so crazy because anything is really possible. You know? But, it, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if Aiden's like, I'm going to go to the Knicks. I'm I'm gonna sign with the Knicks. Then you make you figure out how to make it. Or I'm not signing. I'm not signing with Phoenix. And then Phoenix is like, okay, well we can't let him leave for nothing. So then they have to figure out how how to make a sign and trade work. I mean, I, I get that. I can't see it. I cannot see it. Don't get Aiden. God damn it, don't get Aiden. I, I haven't even heard Aiden rumored. The Donovan Mitchell rumors have essentially quieted down because if, in order for the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell, they would have to literally gut their entire team. Yeah, and I, don't, I, I don't. I don't like that idea. I don't yeah, I don't like that because I like Donovan Mitchell, but he's not. He's not. You know, Kevin Durant. He's not. A top he's five not player. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, you have to do it for a top five player. If you're gonna get to. your team, it's got to be for a top five player. Top five I player. Mean. Yeah, I mean the Knicks did that once already with Melo, and you know he was not. He's you know, he was close. He, he was probably top ten, but he wasn't. You know, you do it for LeBron. You do it for Giannis. You do it for you know. I would do it for Luca. But like you can't do it for, can't do it for a guy who's like, ten to twelve. Yep, can't. Can't do it. So I, I, I mean, you need you need a top twelve player in the in the league pretty much to win, yep. the title. But you can't gut your team for someone at the bottom of that. No, list. you can't gut your team because then then essentially that's what Melo was, and what and the Knicks had a couple decent seasons with, with Melo, and the best they ever went is the second round of the playoffs. Like because they just didn't have anybody else to surround him with. So, uh, so Donovan Mitchell talks have quieted down. Uh, the big, big talk now is, is the Knicks trading for the fourth pick. That has been uh, – Nick Twitter has been heavy on, on the Sacramento Kings rumors. Uh, I, 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 I love this final week we're at. You know, the draft is next Thursday because it's just going to be nothing but trade possibilities. Like, I – I hope Golden State wins on Thursday so we can move right into the draft talk. What do you guys think of the finals? 
Did you I'm, see the last I'm game? Shocked where where we are. Shocked. Shocked. Well, did you see the game? Last game? No, I just saw the reactions, and then I like checked the score in the fourth quarter, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is over." With like three was, minutes to go. I was shocked. Be- <clears throat> I was mostly shocked because Steph played terribly. Yeah, it was by far the worst game he had in the series, and they still won easily. They still had twenty point lead most of the game. Yeah, but I mean, they were, you know, in the third quarter, it was... Well, yeah, in the third quarter, Boston... The game was in question in the third quarter. It was, it was. And then they came out in the fourth. I I think I mentioned this in chat. I think Tatum looks... Tatum's basically running, playing the entire second half. I get he's young and stuff like that, but he... But, like, their fourth quarters have not been that great, and I think part of it is because they're running Tatum 24 straight minutes. Look up some Tatum shit. I I, I think... uh, But I am... Shocked. I, did I tell you, I put a big bet on Golden State when they went down 1-0. So I am We have that on the cloud, I think. Yeah, I, am, I think I captured that. I, I am very excited. Yeah, I think it was when I went to New York. <laughs> uh, it, was like, it was like a great bet for Golden State when they would, after they lost the first game. But I, even, even though it was a good, good odds, I still can't believe Golden State's one win from the title. I think Boston's such a better team. That's a better team. I mean, Tatum's played like crap. I can't believe how bad Tatum's either hurt or tired or both. I think I, I mentioned this earlier, and I'm curious what you think. Um, and I don't like. I'm not blaming the refs. I'm just saying, I feel like the the Celtics have got the shit end of the stick from the refs this series overall. Makes it up you know, for the last series. I I heard people say that too, but I don't like. Like I looked at the. I mean, I know it's not a great parameter, but like, um, the Celtics have had what last last night? Even they had what ten, fifteen more free throws than the Golden State. Yeah, no. Again, that's what that's why I'm saying I can't blame it. I'm just saying it's part of the picture. I'm just saying in that one aspect. Yeah, I think I think the Celtics have lost. You know, if you're going to balance out the two, you know, because you know they missed a ton of free throws. Missed a ton of like free throws. That's a, that's a bigger deal than the refing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just I'm just saying that's part of the puzzle. I, yeah, I I feel like, but I feel like what what hap- what Boston has done is they have complained way more about the refs. Oh, sure. Tatum Tatum throws uh, up his hands after every. every Marcus Smart is flat. Like I mean, there were like two or three plays last night where Marcus Smart is I think trying to draw an offensive foul. And he like throws himself and he slides halfway down the corner. It's like, dude, it's the NBA Finals. Like they're not gonna call, you know. I mean, I, I mean, it was Clay Thompson at the elbow putting a little, you know, pushing off a tiny bit. Like they're not gonna call that. You, you can't be flopping as much and in the finals, in my opinion. And then the, you can't. And then they complain. Like, do you? I don't see. I mean, Golden State. You know, every team flops. I, I, I know. I know. Pool kind of. Sold like a, uh, uh, you know, a hit to the face by Smart. Like I get, like that's gonna happen. But like I feel like Boston is going above and beyond trying to sell some of this stuff. And then when they're not getting it, they're like losing their minds. Like PJ Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> PJ Tucker. Yeah. Well, well, the Celtics got two technicals last night. Well, there was there was like the one play that like really, and this wasn't a huge moment, but there was like Grant Williams. <laughs> Did you see that play where he was like sticking his arm, like oh, yeah. reaching in for the ball, and like 
he, uh, you know, whoever had the ball flapped his arm and like caught his arm intentionally. Oh yeah. And, and like yanked him around and then, you know, so Williams got trapped, but he got called for the foul. Yep. I did see that play. And, and Celtics like flipped out over that play. And to me that, that, you know, Celtics have been hurt by more flagrant ones like those than Golden State has in this series. And those are the ones I'm talking about are the difference maker, you know? I, so I, so a couple things. I, I, I agree, but at the same time, this is my flip side because obviously I'm in Boston. This is what like a lot of people complain about the refs, but so a couple things. And like, this is why it's like, I don't, I don't hear Golden State. Like Draymond Green found out last night. Kevin Looney was in foul trouble the entire game. So it's not like you're not getting fouls. Like Draymond, like it, it just, so it's just like, and, and part of it is like Draymond Green has a reputation. So they're going to call fouls on him because he's like a psychopath out there. Um, but like Grant Williams kind of has a bit of a flopping reputation too. I mean, he flopped. Well, New York, like how often did he fucking flop in that Milwaukee series? It was pathetic. I couldn't stand. They made a full. I mean, I don't know how the reps bought it. Basically the entire series. It, it, but like now a, I feel like. There was a lot of it and it was just like, oh. It, 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 it like. It's not fun to watch after a while. I know they're trying to win, yeah. and I know they see it as something they can exploit. It's just not fun to watch after a while when you see people jumping three to four feet down the court trying to get up. It, like, some of them were ridiculous. I, and I feel like... Yeah, it, it's a negative on the sport. For oh, sure. it's a total negative on the sport. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they probably could do... I think Some... they should call the flops. Like you get a foul for the flop. You can, yeah, you can call yeah. flops. Yo, be more rigorous. I, it, I know. So, well, so, so the the one flop that that they call the most probably is the one where you kick out your feet when you're shooting a three. Oh yes, yeah, and but that <laughs> was like that's a that's been like the whatever the point of emphasis, right? Right, but there needs to be more than just those ones. Yes, yeah. No, I know, I know. But like I feel like I feel like Boston's kind of got a bit of a reputation now, uh, being like a flopping team. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. And so like I feel like that's part of why they're not getting these. And like, you know, I don't know. I mean, Looney was, you know, again, Looney. Looney's like their one big guy, and the guy was in foul trouble all game. Like that's why like I get annoyed at like Celtic fans who like oh the refs, the refs, the refs. It's like hey, first of all, you miss like ten free throws, and second of all, <laughs> you had like the only two big guys in foul trouble all game, and you still couldn't win. I mean, yeah. Steph, wasn't Steph in foul trouble in game one? He was in, in one of those early games. He was definitely in yeah. foul trouble. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, but I, you don't see Golden State, you know, obviously every, everybody complains about fouls, but, like, you don't see to the level that I feel like Boston's at now complaining about fouls. Yeah. No, two things. One, yes, the Celtics roster is a bunch of whiny bitches, for sure. And, and number two, it, you know, the only thing I'll say in defense of Celtics fans, it, it's not the quantity of the fouls. It's it just feels like the Celtics oh, yeah. are getting shit on on those on those blatant flopping ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's all. It, it's those stupid ones. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, there were there was certainly a couple fouls last night that I was like, mm, yeah, that probably should have been on. But uh, you know, and at the same time, like, isn't this why you have home field home court advantage? Not like. Not that you get those calls, but those 50-50 calls sometimes go to the home team's way a little bit more. Well, I would say they go to the home team and they go to the team that isn't whiny, whiny bitches. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, the whiny bitch team does not get as much. 
clearly. Um, I, I do think that it has an effect on on refs. You know, I, you know. Oh, I think so too. I, I mean, don't tell me that they're, they're not like, like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like fed up with it, and I don't blame them. Um, like, like, like you know, I do. I do feel like Harden has that same situation when I, you know, in Philly this year, he whines after every fucking drive, I know. and I know. so he doesn't get called. You know, fouls called when he legitimately gets fouled anymore. You know, it's I know, but it's it's his own fault. You know, I'm not blaming the refs. I'm blaming him. I know. Well, Tatum's gotten Tatum's with because Tatum. It was a problem with Tatum uh, early in his career and even last year, and then it seemed like he resolved it. But like in these finals, like he's been really. I mean, he's missing like he's missing layups. I mean, these are shots that like you should still finish that. I mean, Steph, I feel like Steph Curry gets hammered every time he drives the lane. He doesn't get a call. He hardly gets a call. Well, you know, one thing I noticed in these last couple of games, he's good at that. He's good at the drive to the hoop, and and there was the Celtics actually challenged this play last game. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, yeah. where he pushes off the defender. And slightly. And, and it always gets called as a foul on him, but really he's the one committing the yeah, yeah. Foul, but pushing off, and he has mastered this fucking play. He's mastered it. <laughs> well, because it's not like a blatant like some of these guys come in like so hard with their off arm to push off. Right. He doesn't. It's just so it looks like it's part of that. But he creates like that extra six set inches yeah. of separation that he can now just lay it up. Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing to watch in slow motion, like you know, in the replays. I, now, oh, it is because it's every play. Well, I I know the exact play you're talking about last night because it was slow motion. Because it looked like it was a total foul, and then you watch the replay, and you're like, "Oh shit, he did push off a little bit." But like, yeah, it was. I think I think Horford <laughs> was called on it, and Horford I, yeah. pretty much jumped straight up. Oh, right? he jumped straight up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, I don't. That, I don't know how the refs didn't overturn that. Yeah, uh, me neither. I know. I do think that. And, and, and that's that's another one of those calls. It's like he, you gave the instant replay, and I'm pretty sure everyone watched agreed it wasn't a foul on Horford, but you still call it. Like, it's one of those frustrating fouls that, uh, that makes sense. I, I agree. I agree. Now, I don't want to jinx it because obviously Golden State still needs to win one more game. But if they win the finals and Steph yeah. uh, wins MVP, I think Steph jumps over Tim Duncan and is the 10th best player in NBA history. He definitely has an argument. I think he does. Good. Which I find. That would be quite impressive. Because I, I thought there was no way that he could be a top 10 NBA player all time. Even, even, when, even when Golden State had their run, you know, five, six, however many years ago. But watching him this series. And, and, and seeing him do it again, because those teams feel like so long ago. Ah, so long ago. I mean, I know and, Tim Duncan had a long run too, but he, it, but it's the same core. Like Tim Duncan had like the David Robinson team. And then he had the Manu, Ginobili, Tony Parker team. Like, this is the same group of guys, essentially. I mean, obviously, some of the role players are different, but it's like Draymond Green and... It's the same core three. Tapped, I mean, it's the same core three. Same core three and the same, obviously, head coach. And, and Iggy. Iggy's still there. <laughs> yeah. He came Which, back. He left, he left for yeah, a while. Yeah, he did, he, he did leave. Yeah, that's true. He did leave. He was there the whole time. Um, but, but I will I, say, Dan, uh, we mentioned this earlier. I believe... Celtics were down three to two against Milwaukee as well. I know, but I, 
um, yeah, and they were down. No, they were not. They were not down. But they won. Yeah, I know they won game. They won back to back game sevens, and the game seven in Miami on the road was quite impressive. So, uh, and and the game six at Milwaukee was, I think, the best game that Boston's played in the playoffs. So, um, so I'm not convinced yet. Me neither, but this doesn't, I don't know. I feel like they also lost two games in a row, which is the first, thing that, first time they've done that all playoffs. Like that Miami series is back and forth, back and forth. Same thing with Milwaukee. I don't know. I, I feel like the one win from the finals. I, Milwaukee losing game six still shocks me. I mean, I know they were short Middleton. Yeah. And all and, and all this other stuff, but Boston played so well that game. When's the next game? Tomorrow? A Thursday, Thursday, unfortunately. Oh, Thursday. Okay. And the next and, game Thursday, and then game seven Sunday. Yeah. And I think Bucks are probably a better team than Golden State, but I think Golden State their play style matches up better in their favor against Boston than well, Milwaukee's does. And and what? I was surprised. And what I didn't think Golden State could do, I thought Golden State was going to basically be like, okay, this is our lineup that we're going to have to play. And I think Boston matches up well against that original lineup. But like having Gary Payton back, I think, helps that team immensely. Um, because then they have another then they have another defender. So it's like a pool. Because that, that's what happened in the first game or two of the series. Like, pool was just getting... Torch. Now, Poole, I think, I don't know how much he maybe might have played a little bit more last night, but he was only playing like 10 or 12 minutes a series because he was just getting killed. But then they have Peyton who could come in, and he's not as good of an offense player, obviously, but he's a f- much better defensive player. Plus, Wiggins. I did not expect Andrew Wiggins to play. I mean, you could probably make a case that Andrew Wiggins might be an outside uh, Dark Horse MVP yeah. candidate in the series. I saw so many people saying that after a game. I don't agree at all. Like, I, I, I don't see how he can all. supplant Steph. But last night, he was so freaking good. I mean, he was the best player offensively and defensively. I mean, the, the, but the thing is, but the thing is, and, and why I think it has to be Steph, even though he had a bad game last night, because literally 95% of their offense runs through Steph Curry. Yeah. Like him moving or cutting with, with or without the ball, every drive he makes, like everything is because, like everything they do on offense is because of Steph Curry. Like there, there are plays where he doesn't touch the ball, but he'll still have two defenders chase him and open uh, up I, something else for someone else. Like he yeah. doesn't even touch the fucking ball. <laughs> I know. So that's why I'm like, I'm like, even if, uh, but uh, like he didn't have a great game in game five, but game four is probably. The best game I've ever seen him play in Boston. I know it was a must-win game. They were down 2-1. They're going to potentially go down three games to one if they lose. And he was – I mean, he, he didn't miss. It was unbelievable. So, I, I, I mean, I, I think betting-wise, I'd probably like the Wiggins bet because he probably could get good odds on it. Yeah. And if he plays another really good game or two, he might, you know, he might beat Steph out. But – I think I think it's. I'll, I'll even go as far as to say this: if Steph finishes the series healthy and Boston wins, I still think Steph gets the MVP. Oh, definitely. I, I like I said, I don't even think it's a close competition between the two. But 
No, but I, but no, I think I, I know the per, I know the perception is is. Different. I know. Well, well, and, and it was because he had such a good game last night and such yes. a, a you know Steph was not as himself. But I think like if Boston wins, I think Steph still wins the MVP. No, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, Tatum could go off these last two games. He could. Then... He's been so bad this series, though. You know how people are? They only remember the last game. Like that's true. That's true. Yeah. So if he has, he have, if he has a great game in a Clinton game, in Game Seven, he could potentially. But man, I, I, I'd have a hard time not giving it to anybody. Anybody but Steph, win or lose. <laughs> I'm, uh... I've been so impressed with Steph. Yeah, I, I can't believe they have a chance. I can't, I can't believe, believe they have a chance. Yeah, this is blowing my mind. I thought when they went down 2-1, I couldn't even watch game four. Because I was like, motherfucker, they're going to go up 3-1 in Boston. It's going to be sick. And like the stupid garden crowd's going to go wild. I was like, I'm not going to be able to watch this. So I, like, I basically, I, I didn't watch. I like would just tune in every once in a while and then flip it off in anger every time like, Boston got a lead or whatever. I was like, fucking me. And then like then like the fourth quarter came and then like Steph Curry couldn't fucking miss. And I was like, holy shit, they're gonna win this game. They have a lot more playoff experience, right? Golden yeah. State? Oh yeah. It was Boston's pretty young overall, besides like Horford, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's over twenty five outside of Horford. Right? What is Marcus Smart these days? I feel like he's been around a while now. Twenty eight, maybe? I don't know. I don't even know if he's that old. Let's see. Marcus Smart, twenty six? Marcus Smart is. Oh, no, 28. He's 28. Nice call. Good call. I know what players look uh, like. <laughs> I didn't realize he's six, six pick in the draft. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that high either. Um, so Jason Tatum is. Tatum is 24. Yeah, Tatum's 24. I think Brown must be around the same age. So they got, they got a young team, I mean. Yeah, Brown's 25. So Tatum's 24, Brown's 25, Smart's 28. I mean, that's it. That, and, and Robert Williams is, what, 22? I think, right? Uh, no, 24. Oh, 24. And then well, Derek White. I mean, if they stay together, they have to be favorites to go to at least the conference finals for the next Oh yeah. I, I mean. Well, and Derek White's 27. Definitely, well, you know, contender for that spot, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well they went to... So last year was a disappointing year, but two years yeah. ago they went to the co- conference finals. I think Tatum was the only one that played well in the playoffs last year, right? Well, yeah. Well, they were, and they were bad. They had a bad regular season. Because um, they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs last year, right? Like, weren't they under 500 at the All-Star break or something like that? Yeah, they had like a late, late run to even make the playoffs. Then they got knocked, I think, out in the first round. Uh, and it was not... But a lot of people blamed and a lot. I like, feel like Tatum uh, averaged like thirty points a game though in that series. Which they lose to. I don't know for sure, but I thought like I the highlight reel was pretty much him. But like a lot of people blame well, not a lot, but like I know Miami and Boston and the Lakers blame last year's down year due to COVID, like playing in the bubble and the bubble went longer and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. And they were but, staying up late watching Matisse's videos. <laughs> yeah, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I cannot. Fingers crossed for Thursday night. Man, if they... Uh, I'd be nervous going into a Game 7, though, obviously, if I'm Golden State. Gotta, gotta have Golden State win Game 6 so we can at least have a little 
love on the pod for a prediction. I so and what my concern with Game Seven is because Golden State focuses so much on you know shooting outside shots. My concern is sometimes like when you're a little more nervous or tense than usual. Like you play much better, obviously, when you're like just flinging the ball in and like playing like nice and loose uh, in general. But especially an outside shooting team, like Game Seven, I wonder that they're going to be a little too tense. And those well, shots. That's why this fall. is a good matchup, though. Is Boston's weakness is the outside shot. Yeah, yeah and they're playing the weird, Golden State's doing just enough in the paint to kind of hold them off. Yeah, they're rebounding. Just enough, but they don't have any. But you know, I don't know if Williams is hurt, but they don't have any. Boston can win the rebounding, but outside of that, they don't really have anybody that can like punish Golden State down now. Yeah, I mean Williams could, but I think he's banged up too. But let's go Thursday night. The one, th- one more the one aspect I think that gives me a little more optimism than when, where the Bucks were in this position is I feel like Kerr is a better coach. And he and combine that with the experience that Golden State has. You know, I, I know Milwaukee made it. You know, won everything last year, but I just feel like Golden State's more experienced. So you combine that with Kerr, I feel like well, better equipped to handle th- th- these pressure situations. Plus, I think I'm not going to blame. So two things. I think first, I think if Middleton plays in that Milwaukee series, I think the Bucks beat the Celtics. Sure. Um. And second, so uh, I, I think Golden State's healthier uh, than Milwaukee was, which I think is a big bonus, obviously. And they're a little deeper. I think without Middleton, I mean, the, the Bucks were playing seven guys, but the seventh guy was Grayson Allen, who, I mean, Boston just destroyed Allen in that series. He was awful. Yeah, and, like, he you was had to so play good in the series before and then just kind of collapsed oh, in the Boston oh. series. But, but you have to, but if you're Milwaukee, you have to play him because you don't have anybody else. Like, I think Golden State has, which I was surprised, I wasn't sure how, but like Golden State has like guys that they can kind of, you know, Iggy, can, they could throw Iggy in for seven minutes because they need a defensive stop. They could throw Peyton in for 10 minutes to, to town Marcus Smart. They could throw Poole in if they need to try to ignite some offense. Like, I'm, I'm surprised at how, uh, how many different things Golden State can do. And I think Milwaukee, because of that Middleton injury, was really limited. Um, and then they had to play a guy who, again, was a terrible matchup in that series. And I think Boston just ate him up. And I, I don't necessarily like there are matchups that Boston could take advantage of. But I think Kerr's a really good coach and he was the players on his roster to mix and match. And I don't think Milwaukee, once Middleton went down, had, had that. I so, think it, it comes down to what I was saying before about the outside shooting. Like the Milwaukee B team, like uh, Connerton and Grayson Allen, they all kind of dried up in the Celtics series when they were shooting lights out the series before. If they kept that up, and the games that they did keep that up against the Celtics, they kind of blew, like they were in full control. But then when the, they couldn't pull up those threes and rotate the ball around and shoot, they weren't like a threat and the Celtics just kind of walked all over them because they were full strength. And I feel like that's where Golden State maybe is a better matchup because they have the depth, the shooting depth that yeah, the and it, Bucks they're, really don't have. And they're consistent. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's Steph, it's Clay, who I don't, Clay is clearly not the player he was like five or six years ago, but he could still catch fire. 
uh, you have pool, um, you know, so you have these, I think more consistent, like, like that would, that's what Middleton brings essentially. Middleton is going to hit, you know, four to 10 of his threes every game. And every once in a while, he'll catch fire and make even more than that. While like Allen and Connaughton could do that, or they could be God awful. And like Poole and Clay and Steph normally are, they're going to hit 40% of their threes. Every once in a while, they'll just go lights out and you're not going to be able to just block their shot. Um, and so they just, I feel, find more consistent than like Allen and Connaughton, obviously. Because those, that's not what they're there for. They're there to kind of like fill in. Middleton is the guy. So I'm excited, Rich. Let's end it on Thursday. Thursday. Then we can just talk about the draft next week. Uh, then I'd be so I'd be so relieved, and I feel like this would be really bad loss for the Celtics too. This series because I really felt like they should should win it. And, you know, when you make it to the finals, like that's your shot. You don't know what's gonna happen no. next year, especially because like Boston isn't that much better than the rest of the teams in the East. You know, you just they won this series, you know, they had some luck along the way. And now you you think Brooklyn's gonna be that bad next year? Yeah, like Is Middleton gonna be hurt again? You know you know Miami's gonna get better. Yeah, I know. You never scary you never this know. Year. What was that? They were scary this year. They were. And they were playing again without like Duncan Robinson, who was a key player less and Hero got hurt. Like like and they clearly they know like the player or two that they're missing heading, you know, that they need for next year. So they're gonna make an So yeah, and Brooklyn clearly isn't gonna go into the season with the same player. Maybe Ben Simmons plays next year. Like I mean that would be a huge difference. I'd put I'd put them as my favorite if he right. if he's back. If he's healthy and if he's healthy and if they're able to find or trade for a center. I mean, that's a good team. You know, Milwaukee with Middleton. So, like, I, you know, that's why I would love a Golden State victory even more so because I know Boston's young. But, like, I feel like this is, their, this, is this group's best opportunity right now to get a title. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy next year. So, uh, let's do it, Rich. I'm going to be very my, – my biggest concern is Golden State doesn't show up on Thursday and Boston blows them out. That's my yeah. concern. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm concerned about everything. I'm concerned about everything. <laughs> I feel like that's a distinct possibility. Um, but, like, if I'm going to you got to go all out to win this game. All out. Steph, let's do it. One time. One time. They can't do what the Bucks did and fuck up the sixth game. You need to end it. End it. End it. Don't give them a chance to, to, to come out in a game seven and... You guys well, are just all shown they can come back. I know they could show they, they could shut, shut teams down, make it like an you know, they're a dangerous low scoring team, game. So just snuff them out, snuff them. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. Went to the U.S. Open today, guys. It was fun. How was that? Uh, it was pretty good, actually. Have you been before? No, never to the golf one, but it reminded me a lot of the tennis one. Because like free, uh, well, you yeah, you could like walk around the grounds, you know, so you could just walk from hole to hole, and just see like random professional golfers just like launch the ball like three hundred fifty yards off the tee. So, um, but yeah, that was the big. So we saw Phil Mickelson. That was a cool one. 
And then Sean wanted to go and see like, uh, like some of the longest holes and just like sit at the tee box just to see like how far they hit the ball. Right. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. So then we went to like the longest hole. It was like a 600 yard par five, 615 yards, I think. And we just like sat and like watched like, you know, some guys that we knew, some guys that I didn't know and just like, just crank the fucking ball. And like, it would be, they hit it so hard and so fast that within a second you'd lose complete sight of it. I was, like, I was like, I don't even know where the fuck this is. I was like, if they're playing on like a regular course, course I would never be, you would never be able to find their ball. It would just bomb it. And it was so, it would just like, it's like low and just like a fucking missile. I can't imagine, I would love to know the speed on some of their drives. It has to be, I don't know, 120 miles an hour. I mean, the, the uh, ball's fucking flying. It, yeah, I think it's higher than that. It might be higher. It was, I mean, it was out of sight so quickly when they use a driver. I was like, I can't even see this rocket thing. I was watching this um, X Pro on this YouTube channel. There's like a golf instructor or something, and he was playing the pro, but he gave the pro like Walmart golf clubs or something. And he uh-huh. like whipped that thing so hard that the ball just like went basically sideways because there was so much flex and because they're so strong like because they use the extra stiff shafts which normal people like if you use it like it's it's not great but for them they need that because they're moving the club head so fast and he and i even remember when i used to drive pretty far in high school i bought this like cheap driver off ebay and uh you could like almost like snap it you'd like coil it up because it wasn't stiff enough so like when you whip your hands through the drive the club head would be like lagging and like come through and like slap the ball it was really a weird thing it's yeah it's um it's crazy how many like and this they're all so good it's you know obviously like you know they're all not gonna win but like just the um and then Phil Mickelson had an enormous crowd around him. It was absurd. Like I, I was like, this is just like Could a practice. Last I can't imagine you're going to see him at. <laughs> Maybe. I. I mean, I can't even. I can't even imagine what that must be like. You know, for every every tournament, and it's not even the tournament days. It's just like like this is a practice round. He was just like walking around. You know warming up ahead of the tournament and there was just like a massive crowd that would literally just follow him off follow him around and you know they you know they yell stuff out to him and he like talks back to the crowd like you could see why people like absolutely fucking love the guy he's like shooting the shit and he's like you know strolling around i don't know i was like man it must be nice to be this guy 113 miles an hour you were close. 113 yep close. i mean you, it, it it looks fucking fast that's um, the average yeah I can see that. Yeah, it looks fucking fast. But yeah, like he's over there and, you know, uh, people just yell, go get him, Phil, get him. Yeah, like, I mean, every, it's fucking practice round. And he's just like walking around from like the first hole to the second hole. Must be, and the, it had to be, so we were at the second hole. And we saw a couple players, a couple of my new, like, you know, ranked players who are like, okay, and it's kind of cool to see him. Uh, up close, and we just happened to find like this spot at the second hole at the tee box where like nobody was. Um, 
And so we just kind of sat there, and I knew Phil was coming at some point. So I was like, oh, let's watch. And, like, you know, you see, you know, these guys. And they'd be maybe, like, whenever anybody tees off, like, the crowd will kind of get a little bigger. But, like, mostly, mostly there'd be, like, you know, 50 people watching most of these guys tee off. And then Phil fucking walks over, and there's just a crowd walking alongside him. Had to be, I don't know, a couple hundred people, easily 500 people, just walking alongside of him, filling out, and then another couple hundred filling out the galley and all this other shit. And I was like, Jesus, can't imagine what that must be like. 